slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. So glad to be with you today as we try to, again, help each other get through this difficult time. Everybody, I hope, is doing well and is hanging in there as we, you know, this this time was supposed to be the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs. That's not happening, but certain things are still happening, and I want to wish all of my listeners a, a happy Passover, a good, good Friday, a happy Easter, uh, since I won't be back with you again until after that holiday is over, and uh, just hope that everyone is able to do the best they can and celebrate the holiday with family and friends, even if it is, in many cases, on Zoom conference or some other, you know, remote hookup that, uh, you know, is still something that we should be thankful for, that we're able to stay in touch and spend some time with our family and friends and really, I guess, think a little bit more about what these holidays mean under the circumstances. But wishing everyone the very best uh, Passover, Easter, Good Friday, all of that, uh, as we continue to get through things one day at a time. If you've got a question, a comment, a topic that's on your mind, please feel free to email the show. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, I'm happy to mention you on the air and uh, talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. Uh, you could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, your host, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, and we'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news and notes. All right, so <clears throat> let's talk about what's happening right now. Latest news coming out yesterday is that the NHL is trying to hold some kind of regular season completion before they start the playoffs. Now, this is something that came out of the Board of Governors meeting that was held earlier this week. And according to Pierre Lebrun of TSN up in Canada, you know, it may not be 82 games that they're able to play, but they want to at least get every team up to a certain number of games, give everyone some time to play, um, get back into playing shape on the ice and make things a little bit more fair uh, as far as that goes. Now, no team has played more than 71 games at this point. No team has played fewer than 68. And I, I think it makes sense, if possible, to hold some regular season games 
to try to sort out who's going to make the playoffs, to get every team in the league to have played the same number of games. And I think that what that will do is add a little closure for the teams in question. And it'll also increase the caliber of play, the quality of play in the playoffs when and if those playoffs are held. And the other thing that they talked about is that a number of GMs would be in favor of reducing the length of the playoff series in uh, in order to get the playoffs completed. So basically what many general managers have indicated, according to Darren Drager of TSN, um, that the first round of the playoffs all the way up to the conference final may be reduced from uh, a best four out of seven to a best three out of five. That would speed things up a little bit, allow all these series to still be played, and then the proposal is they go back to the best of seven uh, for the Stanley Cup final. Now, again, these are all things that are being discussed. Nothing is written in stone. We still don't know when or if that hockey will resume. But as of right now, we know that the league has expressed a willingness to play games in August, if necessary, uh, in order to award the Stanley Cup at some point in 2020. Uh, the caveat being, of course, that they do not wish to interfere with the start of the 2020-2021 season. And that's, I think, a very smart move by the league. Now, always checking Islanders' Twitter. And my favorite tweet today, uh, courtesy of Isles statistician par excellence Eric Hornick, uh, it was originally on Instagram, but Eric tweeted it out, a photograph of Judd Apatow, the uh, director, uh, at the age of 12 with Bobby Nystrom and the Stanley Cup taken back in 1980. Um, Apatow's friend lived in the same condo community that Nystrom was living in at that point, and, you know, all the players got to have the Stanley Cup for a day, and when Nystrom was there, everyone in the neighborhood came over to see the cup, and here is a picture. Uh, Apatow, in his Instagram post, said he had been looking for this picture for many, many years, and uh, now he found it, and it's a, a great picture. Uh, Nystrom with the cup, no shirt on, uh, and then on the other side of the cup, with one arm around the cup, each of them, there's a 12-year-old Judd Apatow. So, Classic photograph from back in the day, and it's great to see it there on Instagram uh, for all Islander fans and hockey fans and Judd Apatow fans to see. So, you know, it, one thing that is kind of nice is the creativity and the good things that Islander fans and, and, and other people associated with hockey are posting up on Twitter. So if you I haven't found it, definitely check that out. A uh, classic photograph from 1980 when the Islanders won their first Stanley Cup. All right, we are going to step aside. When we come back, this date in Islanders history, we will have what I think is for certain 
the greatest game in the history of the Rangers-Islanders rivalry. It took place on this date in Islanders history, and we will look back at more from the greatest season in Islanders history, 1981-82, as the Islanders set a new record for consecutive wins. We'll have that and a whole lot more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Great to be with you here as we discuss the latest. Now, it's time for this date in Islanders history, April the 10th. 1984, Game 5 of the Patrick Division semifinal series. The Islanders, at that point, the four-time defending Stanley Cup champions going up against Herb Brooks and the New York Rangers. This is the fifth and deciding game of that series. And just so you remember, Islanders winning the first game 4-1, to one, but then the Rangers get a 3-0 win in Game 2, a 7-2 win at Madison Square Garden in Game 3. Barry Beck gets hurt. Islanders bounce back in Game 4 with a 4-1 win. And then this Game 5 is for all the marbles. Islanders dynasty and their playoff winning streak all on the line. The goaltenders in this one, Glenn Hanlon for the Rangers, Billy Smith for the Islanders, and look, Billy Smith has a well-earned reputation for being a money goalie. The bigger the game, the better he played, and this game in particular was evidence of that characteristic of Batlin Billy Smith. All right, in this game, Rangers get on the board first. Ron Greshner, an unassisted goal at 12.06 of the first period, Greshner's first of the playoffs, and the Rangers led one to nothing. Looked like they were going to take that lead into the locker room at the first intermission, but Mike Bossy pots the puck behind Hanlon with just 11 seconds left in the period. That's a momentum changer, and it's a one-to-one hockey game. After 20 minutes, Coliseum crowd excited that the game is tied. Second period was scoreless. Both teams with some good scoring chances, but neither team able to put the puck in the net. Still tied 1-1 after 40 minutes. In the third period, the Islanders jump on top. Tomas Janssen, his first of the playoffs. From Dwayne Sutter and Clark Gillies at 7.56. And it's 2-1 to one Islanders. Rangers getting all kinds of pressure on Smith. Cannot beat him until we get to the final minute of play. The Rangers pull their goaltender. Hanlon off for an extra skater. And then Don Maloney gets the puck in past Smith. Mark Pavlich and James Patrick, the assists, time of the goal, 1921. But the big question, was the puck put in with a high stick? It was a tough, tough situation. A lot of controversy involved. I asked Don Maloney about it years later, interviewing him at the Coliseum. And What he's basically said is it it depends who I was working for at the time. If I was working for the Rangers, yeah, that was a good goal. While I was working for the Islanders, I always said, oh, well, you know, 
might have been a little bit high, but at the end of the day, it counted. And Ken Morrow, who was on the ice, had this to say. Mark Pavlich carried the puck over the blue line, and I stood him up. A shot was taken, and the puck was sent over, and Don Maloney put in the rebound. I was upset at the time. I was a stay-at-home defenseman, and I wasn't able to protect the lead. Bobby Nystrom, we were cheering on the bench toward the end of regulation, and then Don Maloney tied the game. You're up, and then you're down. We couldn't believe it. It was an emotional roller coaster. I remember the Maloney goal and just sagging on the bench. Then Ken Morrow adds, I've seen the replay countless times, and I can't tell if it was a high stick. When something's that close, it was the right call. Then the game is heading to overtime. Islanders in a bit of shock. They're seemingly, you know, they were 30 seconds, 39 seconds away from advancing, and now they had the game still on the line. Morrow remembers the locker room was stunned. It was almost quiet. Then the attitude was like, it's okay. Who was going to be the hero? A positive attitude came back quickly. We had enough veterans that we were able to collect ourselves, and we didn't feel sorry for ourselves at that point. If you've never seen it, and this game is up there on YouTube, and it is uh, out there if you can't find it, uh, you know, just there are, there are copies of this game out there. And the overtime period, which lasted a little less than nine minutes, is nine minutes of the best hockey you're ever going to see anywhere. The Rangers had two great chances to win in overtime. Three minutes in, Miko Leninen of the Rangers was about 10 feet away from the net, but he missed a shot wide when he was wide open, and the game remained tied. Then Bob Brook of the Rangers, about eight minutes in, nearly had a breakaway, couldn't get control of the puck. Islanders come back the, uh, across and bring the puck back into the Rangers zone. Now, the Islanders had it, and of all people, it was Ken Morrow, a guy who scored two or three goals a year, but always seemed to come up with big goals in the playoffs. He gets his first from Brent Sutter at 8.56. Hanlon screened on the play, and the Islanders escape with a 3-2 win in the game and a 3-2 win in the series. Here is what Morrow remembered when I interviewed him about this. I walked across the blue line, and the play developed on the other side of the ice. There was a shot by Brent Sutter. The rebound came off Glenn Hanlon's stick, and the puck came off the boards and angled to the top of the circle. I took a couple of steps in and put it on net. That's all I was trying to do. I just wanted to keep it in play and toward the net. I have to give most of the credit to Pat Flatley, who set a screen on the play. If Hanlon would have seen it, he would have stopped it. But he didn't. And at the end of the day, the Islanders beat the Rangers 3-2, win the series, and continued their dynasty for at least a while longer as they advanced to the Patrick Division Finals, or the second round of the playoffs, and kept things going. They would re eventually reach the Stanley Cup Final for the fifth straight year, 
only to fall to Wayne Gretzky, Mark Messier, and the Edmonton Oilers. And that essentially ended the dynasty. All right, we're going to continue our look back at the greatest season in Islanders history, 1981-82, including the Islanders' 15-game win streak, which at the time set a franchise and an NHL record. We're not talking about, you know, points. We're talking about 15 victories in a row. We've got that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Islanders podcast. Again, we look back at 1981-82, the greatest season in Islanders history. Early on in the month of February, and that's the month we're focusing on today, uh, an interview with Clark Gillies in Newsday, and Gillies talking about fights in hockey. And, you know, Gillies is one of the strongest and toughest guys in the league at that point, but he never really liked fighting. And here's the quote from Gillies. You can play a good physical game without fighting. You don't always have to show how tough you are. I wish people would realize that. If you have to show how tough you are, maybe you're not so tough. So Gillies, the article described him as a reluctant warrior. And the fact of the matter is, after some early KOs of Dave Schultz and Terry O'Reilly, he didn't have to drop the gloves a lot more after that, mostly because most people were kind of afraid of him, to be honest with you. But uh, Gillies, you know, talking even back in 1982 about uh, the fact that fighting really isn't all that necessary in hockey. All right, on the ice, the Islanders had won six in a row already uh, to close out the month of January. In February, they get underway quickly, a 7-6 win over the Washington Capitals, two goals and an assist for Brian Trottier, Brent Sutter, his first career NHL hat trick in that game, and a goal and three assists for Stefan Pearson. Two days later, a 5-2 win over the Capitals in Washington, two goals for Dennis Potvin in that one, and two days after that, the Islanders come home and beat the Red Wings 6-2, Mike Bossy, three goals, two assists, John Tonelli, a pair of goals, and two assists in that one. And, you know, Bossy had been in a quote-unquote slump, only two goals in his last nine games. And, oh, by the way, that night, Tomas Janssen uh, had his daughter, Anna, at Huntington Hospital. So her, she was born back in February 1982. Islanders had three players voted to the All-Star team. Well, two voted, uh, Mike Bossy and Brian Trottier, and then Coach Al Arbor adding John Tonelli to the team. Arbor, since the Islanders won the Cup, was coaching the Wales Conference. So three Islanders named to the Wales Conference All-Star game. Meanwhile, on February 7th, a 7-3 win in Buffalo. Two goals for Butch Goring, including the game winner. And, uh, the Islanders continue their march and their winning streak. Uh, that's four in a row in February and 10 in a row overall. On February 8th, the NHL's Colorado Rockies announced that they were requesting a move to the Meadowlands for the following season. That was granted, and yes, eventually they did become 
the New Jersey Devils. In the All-Star game, Mike Bossy, two goals as the Wales Conference beat the Campbell Conference 4-2. Bossy named the game's MVP. It was played at the Capitol Center in Landover, Maryland. So the Islanders, the win streak is going strong, and they have the All-Star game MVP on top of it. After the All-Star break, the Islanders continue to blow teams away. They go into Chicago and win 8-2. A goal and three assists for Bossy, a goal and two assists for Dennis Potvin. One night later, they're back home, hosting Philadelphia. Brian Trottier, five goals. Mike Bossy, five assists. Clark Gillies and Hector Marini, each with a goal and two assists. The Islanders beat the Flyers 8-2, and that's their 10th straight home win overall. And four of the uh, goals came on the power play all in one period. Two nights later, the Islanders go up to Hartford and beat the Whalers 9-1. Mike Bossy, two goals, two assists. Clark Gillies, two goals, and two assists. Brent Sutter, a goal, and three assists. 51 shots on goal in this game for the Islanders, including 23 in the third period. Brian Trottier, at this point, basically... um, saying we're motivated, everybody has a good feeling, and now we are ha- we all have a winning attitude, and it certainly was showing. The Islanders continued winning, a 6-2 win against the Penguins, Gillies, two goals and an assist, both Brent and Dwayne Sutter, a goal and two assists, and now the Islanders are approaching the record of 14 straight wins that was set by the Boston Bruins back in 1929-1930. They then beat the Flyers 7-4 in Philadelphia. Uh, The game-winning goal to Tonelli. He had two goals and two assists. Mike Bossy, a goal and three assists. Brent Sutter, a pair of goals. Islanders trailed 3-1 and ended up winning 7-4. And Bossy, after the game, tells the media, we were just scared to lose. We channeled that fear going forward at them. And we were working hard and never quitting. We wanted to win, but not because of the streak, because we were behind. Sure, we, we, t- we were afraid, but we used that fear in the right way. We never panicked, and I think it's good to think that way. I think it's a sign of maturity and discipline. The Islanders then faced the Colorado Rockies with Chico Resch in goal as they went for the record. And the game-winning goal scored by John Tonelli with 47 seconds left in the third period. Remember, no overtime back then. And the Islanders won their 15th straight game. They were 15-0-0. During that streak, 97 goals for only 35 against. That's six and a half goals versus two and a third goals allowed over the course of the streak. The streak ends one night later. The Penguins beat the Islanders four to three. Two goals by Mike Bullard in the third period off Roland Melanson. And the streak finally comes to an end. So what do the Islanders do? 
They go out and win two more games, add a tie, and finish the month of February 12-1-1. The 15-game win streak, which was a new NHL record not broken until 1992-93, when the Pittsburgh Penguins won 17 straight games, The Penguins were the defending Stanley Cup champions then, but they did not win the Stanley Cup. They were upset in the playoffs by, oh yeah, the New York Islanders. All right, that's going to do it for us today as far as our look back at the greatest season in Islanders history, 81-82. We will continue with more of the regular season and then the Stanley Cup playoffs next week. So more to come in this series. Don't forget, if you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word. You can help us by leaving a five-star rating on your podcatcher of choice and leaving a review. That helps other Islander fans find the podcast and help us grow the Locked On Islanders family. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Islanders. Now, tell your smart device to play the next episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on the world of hockey. Have a great day. Have a great holiday weekend. And we'll be back Monday with more great Islanders coverage. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Let's go Islanders.